0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: The victim has been identified as Rocco Baxter, who was riding a motorcycle at the time of the accident. The Baxter family is reputed to have a long history in organized crime. Jimmy Baxter and his wife had this to say a few moments ago. Who would do a thing like this? Leave a dying child on the outside. He was 17 years old of are you? Whoever you are, wherever you are, you should know you will be found.
0: Crikey, that sounds scary. That's uh the uh, Your Honor. All episodes now uh, streaming on Sky Atlantic. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Uh, good afternoon, James.
1: Good afternoon,
0: Sean. Uh, right, so this is this is based on an Israeli show that was in turn influenced by an Indian film. That's uh, some <laughs> <Yeah>. journey, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and it comes to us via Peter Moffat, the British writer, and actually um, the Kings who made uh, you know, who made the. Uh, you- who made the, the legal drama with Julianna Margulies, the good wife mm. and have like good form in this kind of uh, plotty thriller. Although I'll say it's, it's nowhere near as fun at any time as any of their other shows. Now, again, the big ticket here is Brian Cranston because it's his first return to kind of scripted TV. And this is a mini series. So it's like, I, I think it's 10 episodes, 10 parts, but I think it's a one and done kind of show. And he plays Michael Daziato, who is a judge in New Orleans. And I will say the, the first episode does a really, really, really good job of introducing all of the various characters. And we we, we are introduced to him as a judge, as this quite noble Uh, maybe a little bit white savior, but mostly quite noble, uh, earnest, serious man who is on the side of good and right and proper. And at the same time, we're introduced to his son, Adam, who's played by Hunter Duhan. And he uh, uh, basically is involved in this hit and run scene very early on. And I will say this was one of the most tense and like wonderfully brilliantly tense pieces of, of drama I've seen in a while. It Like the, the car crash scene itself is excellent. The aftermath of it is equally really good. And I have to admit, I watched this first episode and found it incredibly promising. Because what happens is Adam d- departs the scene. And as you heard from the clip there, it's no spoiler to say that the the, the victim of his crime both passes away and is the son of a major mob boss in new orleans and therefore uh, michael desiato father and also judge and very earnest you know advocate of justice is therefore put in this difficult position whereby if he sends his son to face the truth or and face the law what will this mean for him in prison at the hands of a you know a mob boss with connections and deep Mm. connections and that's sort of a flawed premise as well right because ultimately, we kind of very quickly forget that Adam has done this terrible thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's extenuating circumstances, there's all these kinds of things going on, but he has committed this fatal hit and run, and ultimately, we shouldn't really be on his side (laughs) because, you know, he's done this really terrible thing. But um, by introducing the stakes of having this mob boss and and violent mob boss as an antagonist, um, we kind of immediately forget what he's done, and then the problem I ultimately found with the show is kind of this is like a too big to fail kind of show. I mean, the cast list alone is absolutely fantastic. Brian Canson, Hope Davis, Michael Stuhlberg, Margot Martindale. The list goes on of various character actors you've seen for years and things that you love. Mm-hmm. But just because it's too big to fail, it doesn't necessarily mean that it passes particularly successfully either. Right. It's kind of like a grand, OK show. And for me. This brilliant first episode gave way to an awful lot of contrived circumstances whereby everybody was connected. And I can't really reveal what any of these are because I think they would potentially prove to be plot spoilers. But it's a bit like the movie Crash where, you know, there's this crash and everybody knows everybody and everybody is interconnected somehow. And there's just so many of these contrived appearances of people and reappearing later on. But I kind of was like, OK, this is just getting a little bit silly. And frankly, I don't know if I, I want to go the distance of 10 episodes with this. It is stylish. It's well made. It's it's but it's it's like a solid C is kind of. What I
0: <laughs> so but is it, if you like, the Brian Cranston show or is it more an ensemble thing, really?
1: It's I, I definitely it is him. I mean, he's the big ticket here. He's definitely uh, leading all of the, the publicity for it. But it is a wide cast in the sense that uh, it does feature all of these wonderful character actors that I've mentioned. But definitely, this is all about Brian Cranston, about his return to form, about his return to TV. But I think it's also worth noting that while Brian Cranston was nominated for a Golden Globe on Sunday night, I don't think the show had picked up any other nomination. So really, this is just the Brian Cranston show. Right, fair enough.
0: Okay, uh, well, it sounds all right. You, you yeah, it probably is. probably haven't
1: put anyone off, though, at the same time. Absolutely. And look, maybe it'll pick up a little bit. As I said, the first episode was thrilling, edge of your seat kind of stuff. And maybe it just peaked too soon for me. Right, okay.
0: Have you seen the whole thing or how many
1: episodes? No, I've watched I've watched four. So there's another six yet to okay. go. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, it might, it might pick up then. Uh,
0: okay, a few bits of uh, TV news. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Cecilia Hearn together.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is kind of like a real uh, odd one in the sense that um, when, so Glow, the the Netflix show with glamorous ladies of wrestling, which I highly recommend people seek out, I really, really liked it. It had started filming its final season, and I think they'd even gone so far as making two full episodes before they cancelled Netflix, very abruptly cancelled it in the middle of the pandemic. And the two creators of that show, Liz Flahive and Carly Mensch, basically took an overall deal with Apple instead, feeling and probably somewhat snubbed by Netflix's decision to do so. And the next project that they're going to develop is actually an adaptation of Cecilia Hearn's um, collection of short stories, Roar, which is all about women in various different aspects of womanhood. And Nicole Kidman, uh, her production company, which, you know, has a history of finding projects specifically for her to do is also involved in the production and Nicole Kidman will be appearing in one of them along with a real kind of also who's who cast Merritt Weaver, late of run and, uh, uh, many other things nurse mm. jackie amongst other things uh cynthia revo oscar nominee a year ago and Alison Bree of glow herself are all going to headline one kind of episode which will be an, in, in an anthology series and really while apple tv has been very slow to get off uh, you know to get off the ground in terms of kind of um, pedigree shows despite putting an awful lot of money into everything I think they've kind of identified 2021 as their year to really start taking things seriously because there's an awful lot of like pedigree dramas coming down the line with them. And they've just won their first Golden Globe with Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, which I haven't seen yet, but everybody tells me is absolutely brilliant.
0: Right. OK. But you could see the kind of things, especially Nicole Kidman, has been producing of late that, that uh, um, Cecilia Hearn might be a, a good fit for that.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I'm guessing these, I don't know, I don't know the stories, but if the stories are set in Ireland, they probably won't be uh, set in Ireland when it hits the screen.
1: I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. the way.
0: Uh, right. Uh, Asterix and Obelix are coming to Netflix.
1: Yeah, so Netflix is also doing a big push for French language content and they've just opened a big new office actually in Paris. And one of the things they've identified is they're going to make an animated series of Asterisk and Obelisk, which has been on the go since 1961. Reading my figures here has produced 38 volumes and been translated into, into 111 languages, which is mad. But there have been 15 live action projects already. Um, and the most recent movie was directed by this French actor, director named Alain Chabet, who was actually nominated for like, like the european best actor award for that for playing julius caesar in 2002 but he didn't actually win but he's going to um headline this whole thing it's his entire project and it's part of netflix's move to create more french language content which has been an awful lot bolstered by the huge success of Lupin and um, and Call My Agent. Have you got any further <laughs> with this
0: I, I, I it, but it's one of we're going back and forth to it. If you know what I mean. But I think yeah. I'm maybe about four episodes in. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, you were right, James, and I was wrong. That's not a sentence you <laughs> hear every day. Right. Uh, we have uh, two more shows to about, uh, talk about with James Dempsey. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Back in a couple of minutes. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cent, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You are listening to The Moncrief Show uh, on News Talk. James Dempsey uh, is still with us. Uh, he's been uh, telling us about uh, the uh, Your Honour, uh, which is uh, all episodes of that are available uh, to download right now uh, from Sky Atlantic. James uh, gave it a solid three, a uh, solid C, I should say. Uh, the backlash has already begun, James. <laughs> uh, the uh, Your TV expert clearly saw a different cut of Your Honour to the rest of us incredible show nobody was rooting for Adam a solid C get out of town uh, says Sean uh, which not me uh, though uh, somebody <laughs> on uh, uh, Mark on Twitter says uh, y- y- uh, the son in your honour ruins it making so many brain dead decisions you want to throw your remote at the TV uh, and-, and somebody else says uh, no matter what I watch uh, Brian Cranston in I will forever see him as Walter White even when I see him in Malcolm in the Middle he's still <laughs> Walter White uh, even if he wore a big bunny suit with a big bunny hat covering his face. Once you could hear his voice, it's Walter White, uh, says Aller, Says Orla. Uh, someone else says, uh, just finished your honour. It's twisty, emotional, devastating and riveting, anchored by an amazing performance by Cranston. Brilliant, uh, Tom says. Uh, John in Eden Edendary says, watch the first episode, gripped by the first episode. Very uh, tense first episode build-up, uh, says John. Well, that's pretty much uh, what uh, uh, James was saying. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, what, what, uh, one uh, Nicole Kidman going to star and is Nicole Kidman going to star this is the thing that you were telling us about the the uh, new series with uh, mm-hmm. Cecilia Hearn is Nicole Kidman going to star in this or is she just adapting the book I feel like she's everywhere at the minute same with Reese Witherspoon I need a break from seeing their faces
1: She's going to be in one episode. I, my un, my understanding is it's going to be like maybe six or ten half-hour episodes. But I think, and I, I haven't read uh, Cecilia Hearn's uh, book, I think there's about 30 short stories in that. I, they must be very, very short stories. And uh, Nicole Kidman is, is both producing and starring in
0: one of them. Right, and uh, somebody else on Twitter says, can you ask James if he has seen The Mafia Only Kills in Summer? Such a fantastic show, uh, like uh, The Golden Years meets Goodfellas, two series on Channel 4. Never heard of it.
1: It's part of the, I think it's part of the Walter uh, well, you know the uh, is it Walter collects or yeah, Walter presents? Clex? I think Walter yeah. presents. Sorry, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it's an Italian like Walter presents show. I haven't seen it, but I've definitely sort of paused while scrolling through. <laughs>
0: it's one <of> those ones. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, maybe you should linger a bit longer. I should. <laughs> uh, uh, right. Uh, time for our second show. It's called Eating with the Enemies. Uh, with the enemy, it's on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. on Virgin Media One, or you can stream all six episodes on the Virgin Media Player. Here's a here's a clip. When someone meets you. What question do they always ask?
1: They actually always ask me, are you a hairdresser? <laughs> really. Yeah. And That's I always okay. say, what does a hairdresser look like? Yeah. And they say, someone like you. Okay.
0: Um, what do you do then?
1: I'm a salon coordinator.
0: Oh, cool. For
1: a salon in Vogue in Raccoon. I love it.
0: Well, I'm a singer, so... cappella?
1: I'm in a couple of bands and Go I do bass and some. vocals and stuff like that. No, I couldn't. Just give one. I
0: couldn't a do little. that. Okay, well, give me, give me like... I love Ariana Grande. I don't know any. Other. You have to go a bit older, a bit more old school. Bette Midler. Oh my God, Bette Midler. Did she do Wing Beneath My Wings? Absolutely, go for it. Okay, let me see. Okay. I can fly higher than an eagle because
1: you are the wind beneath my wings. Oh, I see, yes, for me. You're shoot to the next round. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's uh, eating with the enemy. I would have thought a salon coordinator is just like a hairdresser's boss, but maybe I'm misinformed about these things. So, what's the premise, James?
1: Okay, so the premise is um, two people from various walks of life, but obviously from different political standpoints, meet and over a socially distant dinner last November, sort of thrash out various ideas about uh, politics and society and life in general, while prodded uh, via. uh, via ipad messaging by the producers and i think a couple of psychotherapists as well in the background and i would say um while when the trailer came on for this it promised like big bombastic uh you know big bombastic bites along with uh, very verbal sound bites of anger and annoyance and uh, conflict and conflict is a very easy place to go to create any kind of uh, entertainment and spectacle but I must admit, I found this first episode quite boring Um, in the sense that there was a lot of times where I was like, oh, what are they having for dinner? <laughs> because I was not <laughs> in any way stimulated by their conversation. I have to admit, I have watched three and a half of the episodes now because uh, Virgin Media made all of them available on the Virgin Media player. So if, if someone really enjoyed it last night, you can find them all there. And by a mile, the first one was the weakest one of the of the three and a half that I've seen so far. Uh, the second one is much, much more entertaining. And frankly, it's actually down to the fact that in the second one, the conflicts are a bit more nuanced and and less uh, fractured as in the f- opening episode. So in the opening episode, we get a, a member of the Irish Freedom Party talking to a Nigerian Irish man who is a law professor. And the thing about a conflict like that is... Um, I've seen enough of that over the last five years of of social media, that I don't necessarily know I need to watch two people having this conversation on TV, when I know neither of them is going to change in their ways. Mm. And frankly, it's not going to change my influence or influence me in any great way either. So when it's the more nuanced and different ones i actually find it far 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 more entertaining like in the um like in the final episode it's uh, one of dublin's most famous drag queens Davina divine and she's with a, a mother and basically their their conflict is that Davina doesn't kind of really like kids and mother has children <laughs> and <laughs> like that's like that actually is terrible conflict on the production line but it's a far more interesting and fun conversation because They're not going to these great extremes and they're, you know, nobody's going to give or budge a mile in any of these conversations or debates, Mm. but when they're, when the stakes are way lower, they're just more fun. And the, 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 I don't know, maybe it's even the characters involved are just more fun. I mean, that clip that we heard there, the, the conflict between those, those two is basically uh, that guy, the, the non-style, the style manager or or whatever he was, he's very religious and the woman he's having uh, dinner with is, is an atheist. Uh, or at least spiritual or something in that right yeah and and, and like that so the stakes are fairly low right mm. well unless you believe well do they
0: odds. do they know in advance what the con- what, what the area of disagreement is going to be
1: they don't know in advance, I think, what the area of disagreement is, although my understanding is that Amino TV, which um, which produced it, it reached out to various organizations and it reached out to people on social media, as well as asking people to apply. So I'm sure they vetted themselves in, a, in a such a way as they may vaguely know what they're going to be asked about. Mm. <laughs> One of them is, uh, <laughs> oddly, it centers an awful lot about the Rose of Tralee, and it is the most hammered like crowbarred in topic of conversation (laughs) you've ever seen in a reality tv show all in all i i warmed to it an awful lot more than i did last night but on the whole uh yeah just it was just all right again
0: and you said that there was kind of there was a psychoanalysts or something and what role do they play
1: now, to be honest with you, when watching these psychotherapists offering the most banal tidbits about how to like why to be a good listener or how to be a good debate, I was kind of thinking like, yeah, I saw this when I used to watch Big Brother in the year 2000 and the psychologist would come on once a week and say like, oh, their body language is cold. Like for me, the, <laughs> the psychologist added absolutely nothing to this at all. Their, their tidbits could have been literally applied to any single conversation we were watching at all. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and were they eating anything nice? Where did they go for the dinner? <laughs> My I think they went to the, the Chancery Inn in the Radisson Hotel, actually, just, just around the corner from, from News Talks. Oh, know. right.
0: Okay. I've never been there. Okay.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe one reason to have a look at it.
0: Uh, right. We'll move on to our third show of today. It's called Drawers Off. It's on weekdays at 5.30pm on Channel 4. Here's a clip. Will, you had a very successful day in the studio behind the easel yesterday. Did you enjoy yourself?
1: I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: I know you've got three children. Do you have time to draw and paint at home? I do have some time. (laughs) With young kids, you have to adapt. Now and again, it must be nice just to get away and, and play. Definitely. And hopefully if your partner likes them, she might put some of your drawings on the fridge with the kids. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> she might go, well, it's okay, it'll go on the side of the fridge, but not the front. It's not worthy enough. <laughs> so what are you going to be doing for us? I'm sort of thinking, um, like, exploitation movies. It's kind of like a bit of nostalgia. It's one of those things we used to watch as a family, where back, you know, years ago. Right. OK, that's uh, drawers off. Uh, I assume it's art they're doing because I didn't quite get the black blackspotation thing that suddenly popped up there.
1: So this is the strangest concept I have ever come across for a tea time, daytime TV show. And I, that's why like, I, I couldn't not talk about it. I started I was scrolling through all four and I saw this linked up and basically it's on five nights a week. There are five individual artists and one of them and they make this big grandiose claim right at the beginning that it's also that as well as being five artists they're also each going to be a life model in one of the episodes so one of the artists takes off their kit and poses and then the other four paint them and then the person who is doing the modeling chooses their favorite one and on a friday out of the favorite five A winner is chosen and they win a thousand pounds. Now they offer they 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 sort of they talk up big time as if this is going to be like naked attraction meets watercolor challenge or something, (laughs) but it is the most tamed down nudity you have ever seen in your life. I mean, it's not even you know like Austin Powers positioning melons and things. Even like (laughs) like they're they're actually basically just dressed and showing a bit more skin. But uh, once I sort of got over the uh, kind of initial disappointment that it was as (laughs) tame as it was going to be, it actually was just kind of a silly little fun art show. And each night, uh, the, the joy of it is the brevity, right? It is only kind of 20, 20 odd minutes long, 25 minutes long. And, uh, cause it's a day, de- you know, it's a tea time show before the six o'clock news or whatever you might be watching. And, uh, the artists come at it, the, the, um, the, the model picks or, you know, the model picks a pose that we want that he, he or she wants to portray. That's what the blaxploitation thing was there right. in the end. He sat, he, <laughs> He was sitting down wearing like a trilby or something. Like, I, I think the set is quite r- r- rustic, to be honest with you. And and the other artists paint them. And they have this excellent uh, mentor named Diana Ali, who is an artist in her own right, who goes around and basically very quickly tells them, OK, well, you're doing that wrong. You need to do this. And they just get on with it. And they, they create four pieces of art. And they uh, go for different styles and different techniques and different media and so on. And at the end of it, uh, at the end of the show, you've got these four quite interesting pictures made in one hour. And it's all just very fun and nice and silly and frivolous stuff. And okay. I have to admit, it, it charmed me in a way that I wasn't expecting to do it at all. Uh, but the
0: person who's the model chooses the best painting. Is that right? Is right,
1: yes. and yeah. then So it's the like, most flattering one, obviously. <laughs> well, true, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the week, those five go into the winner's gallery. And I think, I think uh, because we haven't got to Friday yet, so I'm not 100% sure, but I think either, uh, I think Diana Ali then probably picks the best single one and that person wins a thousand pounds and it is the lowest stakes silliness you've ever seen and as i said they amped it up in the first episode as if it was going to be naked attraction and i knew obviously this is a tea time tv show so that wasn't going to be the case Mm. but it has turned out to be so much more chaste than i ever could have imagined it being but it's honestly it's like it's a silly little fun Tea
0: time show. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. James, nothing wrong with that. Uh, James. thanks a million, as ever. James Dempsey there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. Life underneath the White House. Moncrief on News Talk.